sporting news, reviews and previews. This is the Sports Desk. Good afternoon, Melbourne, and welcome to the Sports Desk on your Monday evening. Sam and Hennett back with you. Um, it is Monday. What day is it? Monday. 22nd of May. There we go. 2023. And it's a great Monday. How you doing? I'm Jason and Jerry is here as well. We're joining Sam Manhattan for the Sports Desk and it's a big fun day. How's your weekend been? Oh, I'm in a great mood, Sam. I'm in a great mood. <laughs> That's rare. And it's rare also that he's spawning some... Uh, uh, Essendon merchandise, uh, which I thought might have been in the garbage bin. But, uh, hilariously, I actually I've owned this scarf for I don't know how long, but I've just read on the tag here it says this product is not licensed, endorsed, or approved by the Australian Football League. I've got myself a bootleg here. Oh no! Uh, and I also know I don't know if it was just a, a, a fashion choice, but the uh, the flannelette um, kind <laughs> yes. of front bar vibe he's bringing. Yes, on. it's my it's one of my very few. Uh, fl- it's like a proper flannel jacket, actually. It's a, it's one I don't bust out too often. I used it uh, last time at a bar. Uh, filming live music, and uh, before that, because you know it was pandemic, and I thought it was a little bit pansy when I was sixteen. But hey, twenty three, bombers good. are up. <laughs> okay, it's good. It's a good day, Jerry. How's it, how, how are you feeling today? We're in a good oh. state at the minute because you've got NBA to break down. There's been a lot of exciting things to happen. Yeah. I've got a lot of NHL to break down, and history was made over the uh, in the last week since I graced the microphone here on the mm. sports desk. I need to share that with you, Sam. I think, Sam. When it comes to the NHL review later in the show, I think this is going to be a great gateway for you to explain why I <laughs> fell into quite the rabbit hole when it was introduced to me last year. Okay. All right. Uh, and, Jerry, you didn't say much about your weekend. Not great? Oh, I was in the North Melbourne cheer squad, so... Yeah, okay. Yeah, we will yeah. We will get to that. Cool. Um, was North Melbourne's cheer squad uh, the, uh, the back line at the time <laughs> of the final quarter by any chance? Oh, who knows? Honestly. I've forgotten. That's the problem. Okay. Uh, we'll get straight into the news and we'll start off with the Socceroos here. They will face world champions Argentina and Beijing on June 15 as they prepare for a crucial Asian Cup tilt and uh, the 2026 World Cup qualifying matches. The long rumoured friendly clash at the newly renovated Workers Stadium is to go ahead just over six months after Argentina bet Australia 2 1. Uh, in the World Cup round of 16 in Qatar. Football Australia confirmed on Monday to secure a match against the world champions. Argentina reflects Australia's standing within world football and the respect that the top nations have for both our senior national teams. FA Chief Executive James Johnson said in a statement, the Socceroos also have uh, hotly anticipated friendly matches against England uh, in Wembley, uh, sorry, at Wembley Stadium in October. Um, now, unfortunately... This Socceroos game is weirdly, and I know maybe it's part of the rules for the Asian Champions League or because they're hosting, I mean, sorry, the Asian Cup um, this year or next year that uh, the games are going to be played there. So it's weirdly going to be played in China, Australia versus Argentina, which I thought, you know, we've been so desperate for games uh, and bringing someone like Argentina who actually had to cancel their their friendly game uh, to have a big game like that. Oh, it'd be massive if it was here, especially around the Women's World Cup time and things like that. Why wouldn't you do that? Yeah, I, I just don't understand why it's in China. Like, I get um, the marketing and whatnot, but to have it in Australia, that'd be so much better as, like, a kind of prequel to um, the Women's World Cup in yeah. July. So It really boosts everything up. Um, so, unfortunately, but it's at least I think that's a really good test for us to play them again, world number ones, <laughs> um, again. And uh, wonder if Messi will be in the side. Yeah. If if is if this um, 
maybe friendly game could be his last because he's definitely not going to be in the next World Cup. Yeah, that's our court now. It's a certainty he's not playing in the next World Cup. Um, also in the news, too, heavyweight superstar Tyson Fury has revealed he is 100% serious about fighting in Australia after arriving in Melbourne to support close friend Joseph Parker. The Gypsy King plans to party in Melbourne and <laughs> will be ringside for Parker's showdown with, uh, I think, Fager, Django, Opalo at Margaret Court Arena on Wednesday night while revealing that he remains in talks for an undisputed heavyweight title fight against... Uh, Alexander Usek later this year. Fury did say he would like to have a bout in Australia over the next two years and will gauge interest from local fight fans and visit various stadiums. So that's massive. One of the biggest, biggest exciting fighters uh, in recent times. Um, Definitely the the face of boxing in the mm-hmm. last few years. Yeah. Have you seen it when he wins? <laughs> he I sings. Haven't... He sings karaoke at the end of the fight. I've only, again, this is going to show you how tunnel vision my world is, but he did sing American Pie to Drew McIntyre at Clash of the Castle last year in Cardiff. That's okay. the that's the wrestling show. Yep. And uh, it was a weird ending to the show because, the well, I mean, quote-unquote hometown boy, it's Scottish Drew McIntyre in home country of England in Wales, performing in Wales, lost in the main event, but you had Tyson Fury singing American Pie and Don't Look Back in Anger, and it was all broadcasted yeah. on pay-per-view. What a weird, awkward ending. <laughs> I'm sure he is quite... I'm no. sure he's got the wonderful voice on, on proper fight night, of course. It's, it is a bizarre way to finish. Uh, I don't know how you can be able to have the energy to sing after a massive title fight, but uh, he somehow manages to do it, the Gypsy King. D- Jerry, what stories you've got? Oh, so just a sad one. Um, Vale Brian Booth. So he played 29 tests for Australia between 1961 and 1966, including two as the test captain. He also played Australian hockey and represented the Hockey Roos in the 1956 um, Melbourne Olympics. So, oh, wow. Yeah, he passed away at age 89. So condolences to his family. Yep. Um, and also in tennis news quickly, Daniel Medvedev won against Holger Rune 7-5-7-5 in the... Masters 100 tournament in Rome, so it's one of the clay tournaments leading up to Roland Garros, um, and this is his first clay court title and 20th title, so he could be an outsider for the French Open title. And you had some story about the Giro d'Italia. Yeah, so one of the Australian um, locals, Michael Matthews, won the third stage in the Giro d'Italia, so it was a sprint finish, and Michael Matthews ultimately um it was very tactical towards the end, and he outsprinted a few um, of the favourites. I think there were four or five in it until about ten metres to go, and then he kicked home. Can you imagine riding a bike through Italy and the, the amazing food smells in the <laughs> villages? Like, how could you keep up when you can smell a nice bolognese and a carbonara from down the road? Oh, wow. <laughs> Would you DNF just to uh, experience that carbonara? <laughs> oh, it'd be amazing. It'd yeah. be amazing. It'd be a beautiful place to ride through. Um, when we come back, we're going to be reviewing round 10. Before we um, do, Sam, yes. do you have any darts news? No darts news. No darts. I'm disappointed, Jerry. No. We've got to keep up. Come on, Sam. Let's keep up. Get some excitement back into it. We get some. Yeah, it's been a rough weekend for you, and we're going to be reviewing all about that in round ten. Two Um, weeks away. That makes us two weeks away from our uh, uh, catch up, and you know our update to our predictions we made at the start of the year. We're going to redo our top eight and uh, see how we're doing. But uh, we're going to see how that is on the road to that with round ten. Round two review. Sorry, round round ten review. The Doug Nichols Indigenous round. Yep. That's Great a- round, by the way, so I'm looking forward to it. All right, that's coming up next on the Sports Desk in your Monday evening 
on Sin. MGMT Electric Feel on the sports desk on Sin on your Monday evening. It's time to talk round 10 of the AFL. And I think uh, Sir, Doug's, Sir Doug Nichols' round has probably been one of the most interesting um, rounds of the season so far. So many stories and yep. interesting things. I want to get the chicken out, please, Sam. Could you get sure. the chicken in hand? Jerry's actually <laughs> going to put the chicken in hand. <laughs> Port Adelaide versus Melbourne was probably the best non-Collingwood home and away game of the year thus far. Um, I it was, yeah. I'm yeah. not going to object for that. Uh, probably one of the most exciting games. Unfortunately, I didn't see much of it to, to my displeasure. I did displeasure, get the second but, uh, half, but I was cheering on Paul because they, they had that hustle about them. They won by four points, by the way. Yep, 11-14-80 defeated uh, Melbourne, 11-10-76, tight one. Uh, and a high-scoring one for a wet game because it was really pouring. It became a game of who can be the cleanest. And it ended up actually being Jason Horn francis with a clean, with one of the most exciting, cleanest pickups in the goal square that led to, was it Zach Butters or was it a Rosie that snapped the winner, Jerry? Don't quote me on this. I think it might have been Butters. Yeah, but he put in a career performance, by the way. I think it was 39 disposals he had, maybe 40. 41. 41, 41. thank 41 you. 41 and two goals won. Yeah, uh, he put in, he really pulled his weight and made Amazing. it. He, he was the leader of the ground and uh, an incredible win. Seven in a row for Port Adelaide. You can see Ken Hinckley becoming a Port fan, <laughs> like head of the cheer score with him jumping yep. the joy at that. It was, it, it, was, it was great to see just the hustle that Port had. And there was a, an obvious will to win across the entire squad heading into those final minutes. Yep, definitely. Uh, a, f- a few other stats here. Dan Houston, 33 disposals, one goal, one for him. Connor Rosie, 31, one goal. Um, Clay Oliver, 30 disposals, unfortunately for him. Uh, he's out with an injury, is that right? Or suspended, one of them? There was concerns around his hamstring. Yes, Apparently okay. he might have done that in the third quarter, played out the game and got scanned, but when, I believe we're still unsure of what the result was, Jerry. Yeah, we're still, waiting, for still waiting on a result okay. there. Yep. Petrarca was an interesting little thing, just in terms of like game play. He probably wasn't the, the live wire and the igniter that we expected to see. Like A lot of their fast-paced, out-of-the-centre bounce uh, swarm that they do late in the game. They tried it, and it wasn't quite working for them. No. Uh, it's a massive game for contention for, I, th- I think, maybe uh, top four spot for Port. I, th- I can't exactly, see them yep. not finishing out of that now. Well, again, I, I'm always going to say this. As soon as Port lose a game, the sword goes right back above, just above Ken Hinckley's head because he's just been under the pump so much leading into the year. And every game is just a, a matter of trying to prove doubt is wrong, but then they're just going to come straight back as soon as they drop one. I don't think it's going to be happening anytime soon, though. They're in a really good spot, and their big-name players are delivering. So definitely probably one of the best games so far of the year. Uh, but we move on to Saturday now, and uh, oh, I'm sorry to do this Jerry. to you, Jerry. This is painful. It was Sydney by three points, 14-690 to 14-993. And controversial, really sad way to finish a, a game, and you probably should have won. Yeah. Um, well, we're down for most of the game, but Sydney didn't play well at all. Like, lots of um, turnovers um, scored from both teams. Um, and I think the issue with North was, like, the defending in that final three minutes, there wasn't much movement. Like, when Bailey Scott kicked the ball out, um, he had no choice to go down the line. And then after that, obviously, the whole um, 
penalty saga. I'm not sure how it works, but obviously we got the free kick against us for the interchange, but then it was also a 50-meter so penalty. So why is that? Has the AFL communicated to why? Well, they introduced that rule after, of, uh, ironically enough. It was 2008. It was North Melbourne versus Sydney where they played 19 on the field. Not only that, you right. have a okay. cap. Not not only that, you have a cap of the amount of rotations yep. you can take throughout a game. It, I think it used to be higher than seventy five. I think it was ninety at one point, but it's been dropped to seventy. Really? Yeah, I believe it was. It was, it was ninety. Yes. Why would they have changed it? Do you know that, Jerry? It was during the lockdowns um, when they had the shortened quarters. Right. Where they changed it. Okay. Oh, and they haven't put it back up. No. No, they haven't put it back up. Well, the other and the other fa- aspect was well, there that you go. In, That's the, in the in the wake of introducing that rule, whenever there was an interchange free kick, say instant, say for instance, it was either nineteen on the field or five on the bench. This is around about I think when the substitute rule was a thing. Mm. No matter where, as soon as it was identified, it was an opposition. It was the free kick to the infringing a free kick against the infringing team and there would be a 50-metre paid. So sometimes you could have, for instance, a player lining up for goal, but because their team infringed the interchange, the ball would be taken off them and a 50-metre penalty would be penalised against mm. them. Yep. This is There is there has been precedent uh, set amongst this rule in the past. We just haven't seen it for such a long time because obviously it's been so strictly managed by coaching yep. staff. So this was a complete error on North Melbourne's part. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it really, in the end, it didn't really equate to too much because you're already in Sydney's forward line. They just had to enforce. It's a 50-metre penalty for the interchange infringement, uh, and it just so happened that you're in the forward pocket of, of Sydney anyway, so you just get one directly in front. Yeah. yeah I, I, to be honest, I think it's really harsh, and especially since you brought up that the that it used to be higher, and uh, they only reduce that because the shortened quarters that needs to be addressed. Mm. Um, uh, I think it's ridiculous. They didn't have more players on the field. That it wasn't anything like that. It was just because they did an extra one, um, which I, I don't really get. I think that's really harsh, and I think there needs to be more consistency with the ruling because six 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 still gets warnings. Why yes. is that a rule that gets warnings and no other? Because something well, it- like a decision like that is so harsh. Yeah. Hmm. Could you could you not give a club a fine? Or I, I know it could be controversial if someone comes on. Fine seems harsher. Honestly, you're gonna what cost the AFL money because you didn't. Yeah, but you're costing them a game. Yeah, North could have been like 15th right now, but obviously uh-huh. now we're 17th. So so I'd. I don't know whoever's job it was, but they're probably very upset with themselves that they've let someone extra come on. But I, I think, on all honesty, I think. Um, it's ridiculous rule. I, d- I don't know why they have this, but um, other than, is it just to make sure that they've got the even amount of number of people on the field? Uh, well, rotation, I guess, is so they're not cycling through players. And well, then again, that's a bit more of a team management thing. So I can yeah, understand the merit there. It's, but... It shouldn't be. It, I mean, it should be more up to tactical. If the team's stupid enough to play, you know, someone too much than another player and then they get injured or something like that. That's on the club. That's not – it should be a rule. Anyway, we're, we're delving <laughs> really deep <laughs> into this. Yeah. But, uh, we might actually re-explore this topic later on the more we learn about I – think, I think the case is conclusive for the result, but if it's such a rare instance. Like We haven't mm-hmm. had an issue like this happen in a very long time. When the rule was introduced and there were genuine infringements happening, it was actually quite – it was – it's more common than you expected when it was introduced at the time. Yep. It's just, I guess, clubs have adapted over time and they've been able to better management, and this was just poor management on North North Melbourne's part. 
Yep. Remember, if you want to join the conversation, Sports Desk Sin on Twitter and Instagram, send us a message if you, what your thoughts of this controversial Please about do. this rule. And we'll We'd keep, love to hear from you. We'll keep talking about it as soon as we can try and yep. wrap our heads around it a little bit more. But um, other than that... But some positives from that game, um, Jerry. Harry Siegel, two goals, two. Nick Larkey, two goals, one. Um, Callan Coleman-Jones, two goals. And Scott, 33 disposals. And, and what about um, the new man? George Wardlaw. Yes. What do you think of him? Yeah, he played really well. He had 16 touches, um, and he also got crunched in the second quarter. So um, he was going for Mark, and he got like elbowed like off the ball. So that was interesting. And, yeah, he's got good run. Um, and I think, yeah, it will be exciting to see both Sheasel and Wardlaw for the next 10 years. So yep. um, that brings a smile to all North supporters. There was a meme uh, I think one of the betting companies put up on uh, Facebook. <laughs> yeah. And they, it's one of the, <laughs> you were holding a sign up on the boundary and, uh, you know, they have funny pictures and stuff on it. Yeah. They had, I think, the picture of um, one of the the number one draft prospect for next year. <laughs> You're uh, holding a sign Harley up. Reed. <laughs> yeah, I think it was him. Oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that is turning so, into a bit of a joke amongst, uh, I guess, the footy community, but, uh, the race for Harry Reid. <laughs> but uh, I think West Coast well, is Reed, for sure. Um, moving on. Fremantle, uh, eh? 210. Oh, no, oh, no. We're dogs. moving on to the Dogs game. 210 at Mars Stadium. Um, it was the ah, Western yes. Bulldogs by 45 points, 11-19-85 to 5-10-40. Uh, pretty dominant. Uh, I thought this game, I spoke about it on Friday, reminded me last year, that Adelaide played at Ballarat. It was a thriller. Um, I think it was only a one-point deficit was, in the game. It? So that, that led me to tipping Adelaide, but uh, I was very wrong. It was a very dominant performance from um, the Dogs. Bailey Smith, 37 disposals. Bailey Dale, 36. Uh, Tom Libertore, 33. Uh, Caleb Daniel on 30. Uh, Scott, two goals, one. McRae, two goals. Waitman, one goal, two. Um, so pretty dominant in Ballarat. Much could, like could Port this be a fortress? <laughs> Likely, much well, you like play there once a year. Yeah. Well, well, Jerry, much like Port Adelaide, a lot of the big impact players from the Western Bulldogs are spreading their uh, spreading their jobs apart, and you know, big number, big impact play. Yeah, it's always at halfback um, players. I feel like when Daniel and Bailey Dale step up, that's where the Bulldogs are their best form. Lethal. Yeah. Are the dogs a real deal? Yes. I reckon they're back to their 2021 form. Yeah, a, a teaser to yeah. the mid-season review going into round 12, I say yes. Okay, interesting. Because uh, definitely I think they've hit Adelaide at a right time where they look like they're a team that's really hot in form at the moment. Who have so Adelaide interesting. got this week? Uh, I don't know. We'll get to that later. But, um, yeah, interesting. Probably a massive dub for them um, in very cold Ballarat. So the dogs keep wolfing along. Um, Saturday twilight time, 4.35 at Optus Stadium, was Fremantle by 29 points, 16-10-106, defeated Geelong 11-11-77. I'm very interested in what you, Sam and Jerry, actually have to say, so I'll let you lead this this one through. Um, well, it just seems to show when uh, there's a slight niggle in um, Geelong's side and injuries-wise... They seem to suffer, uh, and I think the pressure's been mounting on Frio for a while. Um, they, they needed to show something, and they did in this game. But uh, I don't know about Geelong. It's it's a weird one, Jerry. Is that back-to-back wins for Frio, just quickly? Um, yes, it would be. Yeah. They defeated Sydney last week, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yes, back-to-back. So it could be mm. a ch- changing of things, maybe, um, I'm for the Dockers. Yeah. I'm still backing that Cats-Richmond um, won't make the final score, so... 
Cats and Richmond, is that what you said? Yeah. Wow, okay. Well, I still think at this rate. <laughs> yeah, out of I, I still think that's a bit of a chicken. But Richmond, I'd, Richmond I'd agree I'm with you. starting to understand a little bit oh, more. No, but go on. Geelong. No, Richmond, Richmond, <laughs> Richmond are cooked. They are cooked. No, I was going no, to say Richmond, I understand oh, not yeah. making the eight. You didn't oh. pay attention oh, okay. to what I was trying to get at. Geelong, anyway. I think, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I said they'd make top four at the start of the year because of the bloody <laughs> trades they made. But, you know, oh well. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah, um, I think pretty pretty massive win for Frio. Looking at the stats, Michael Walters, three goals. Jaya missed three goals. Michael Fredericks, two goals, one. Uh, Brayshaw, 33 with a goal. Uh, Sarong, 28 and a goal. O'Meara, 26. So, I don't know. Could this be the changing of the tide for the Dockers? It'll be interesting to see what DeLong do in the next couple of weeks. But we are close to meeting the midway point of the year, as we mentioned. We'll talk mm. about it's. Uh, Things are starting to show that we might not have expected. So it's, yeah. it is a long season. We analyse it week to week, but uh, there's 24 weeks that people can... That's a long time in football. So well done to the Dockers. Um, and we move on to Saturday night now, and it was a big win for the the Lions in the Q Clash, the Derby. <laughs> um, and it looked, nice fake out. It looked pretty good, the... Um, Looks pretty good for a while. But, Gold uh, Coast came within 11 points at three-quarter yep. time, and then they got distracted by the meteor that hit Queensland later that uh, <laughs> later <laughs> And then they got distracted, like, oh, let's see, let's learn about all this about this meteorite. That's and then Georgia. Brisbane kind of uh, ran over them, yeah. Yeah, I've, I think I just put the um, the cue in the rack, maybe the Suns, and uh, <laughs> the, uh, the Lions just hit cruise control and... Uh, Got the job done at the Gabba. Four goals, one for Joe Danaher. When when he's scoring like that, they're going to win. Um, he's a bit of a barometer for... And if Charlie Cameron gets space, did it, but he didn't... Hit, how's his... Uh, two goals, one. Or two yep. goals, one. So another one there. Hipwood, two goals, one. Lincoln McCarthy, two goals. So I Lockie think Neal being a star. Nothing 35. to complain about the Lions at the moment. They've been uh, pretty good. Uh, 35 for Lockie Neal. Um, 30 for Will Ashcroft and a goal. Uh, Hugh McCluggage, 30, 29 for Josh Dunkley. So I wouldn't want to be playing Brisbane in the next couple of weeks, uh, <laughs> especially up in Queensland. Gabatois, as they say. Gabatois. <laughs> now, the Dream other big the Saturday oh, game. Jason yes, Nathan. Dream Time at the G. 10-11, <laughs> defeat Richmond. 10-10, was Essendon. By one point, and the first dream time, and the Since first time you twenty fourteen. Whoa! Since twenty fourteen, we have not beaten Richmond in any capacity. Now, Since twenty fourteen, in that last couple of minutes, was it three unanswered goals uh, to win that? Yep, we were eighteen points down at one point, and Redmond, I love you to death, and I want you to win the best and fairest this year. But goodness me, that was poor defending on that goal line. Just rush the ball through, my friend. Rush it through. And Sam, while Sam gets a bit more stats up, it's interesting. Four goals in the first quarter, one in the second, one in the third, and yet you still manage to surge and get it done. Sam Durham, clutch. Not after the siren, but clutch. We don't really win after the siren. We just get like clutch ones just before the siren goes, which was exciting. Ridley was intercepting, which was good to see. Um, i trying to think. Um, I'm happy for Sam Durham. Plucky. And excitement to see. I was very impressed by Ben Hobbs having a run in the midfield. That's, uh, yeah, I guess, a piece of unpredictability, I would say. Jerry, any takeaways that you got from the dream time? Well, I want to touch on the last four minutes. Well, Richmond had a f- set shot. I think it was Ralph Smith um, who missed it. Oh, missed it completely. Yeah, missed it completely. I mean, after that, the tide just turned. Like, uh, the Bombers had four inside 50s <laughs> in a row. I mean, 
The fact that Stringer, like, yeah, that's footy smarts right there. Snaps it, um, snaps it to the top yeah, of the square. Darum. Darum. Yeah. I, I didn't tip him, but I think I said on Friday, if if this was the year that they were going to be able to do it, it was going to be this year, and uh, that's massive for the Bombers. Did yeah. you tip against your team this week? I did tip oh, against my team I this week. Bombers, so. Oh well, thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, uh, Thirty-nine oh, disposals, Zach Merritt. Zach Merritt. He, he was class on wheel, or class on legs, because thirty-nine disposals. He was able to instigate tackles in very critical moments of the game that kind of put Richmond off offset or mm. off their front foot. Uh, and that's, in fact, it was his pressure that he was putting on in the final quarter that led to the turnovers that resulted in goals. Not only that, there was that instance where it was a big kick into an open Ford 50. Yes, I understand. We're wrapping up. But it's three Tigers against three Bombers and just five pressure alone and a lucky bounce in fairness to Grimes. Oh, yeah, you get the, you get the uh, I believe it was Langford to Menzi that goaled it through. Yeah, a bit unimpressed Langford. by Langford. I think he was a bit... Uh, a little bit topsy-turvy, but happy with the win. Uh, Ridley, 32. Cadwell, 31. Caldwell. Caldwell, sorry. McGrath, 29. Uh, Goals-wise, Sam Wiedemann, two goals, three. Menzi, two goals, one. Durham, two goals. Another forward I'm concerned about, by the way, Sam, because they came from free kicks and he didn't do too much after that. Okay. Interesting. Well, there you go. Big, massive win for the Bombers. Uh, Sunday afternoon we move on to now. And, and wow. massive wins, huh? History making, I think, because I don't know how many times the 17th beats 18th by 116 <laughs> points. And that I is exactly what Hawthorne did against the Eagles. 22 10, 142 to 4 2 26. Now, Jerry, I watched this game for the most part. I had to stop after a while because Carlton and Collingwood was starting, and mm. I was excited for that game. Hawthorne looked like a top eight side. That's how poor West Coast were. <laughs> That's how uncoordinated and how just a mess West Coast looked. Yeah, West Coast just looked like a bunch of school kids playing footy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like Mitch Lewis kicked six um, yeah. and he played amazing. I mean, you got Luke Bruce kicking three goals one. That's and, winding back the clock. He's always been a yeah, reliable He's always kick. been reliable. And also the young gun, um, Josh Weddle, two goals and 28 touches. He was impacting a lot early. Yeah. And we got Sicily as well off half-back with 30 yeah. touches. So, yeah, I'm not sure what's happening with the Eagles. Um, but, yeah. Well, what, what's happening with them is they're just getting injured and they took another – they had to cope with another injury mm. around about the second quarter too. It's – what are they doing? I what's th- happening in, with – is it d- – Sacking Adam Simpson's not the right move because as soon as that does, they're just going to go into free for into free fall and it's going to be quite ugly. It'll turn yeah, into a bloodbath. Surely the first thing you need to be addressing as a club is your medical staff at this point, right? I don't, I don't know what the answer is with them. They have a lot of work to do. Um, training program. They're a big club, so I don't know why yeah. they've been in this position for so long and I think they're just waiting for the off-season as fast as they can get to it, I think. And how scary is it that it wasn't that long ago these two are grand final caliber sides. Yeah. It's, Five years ago. it's not that long it's ago. It's amazing how footy can change. Um, and uh, yes, in saying that, I, I felt that. I had to turn it off because um, Carlton and Collingwood was coming up yeah, next. And I thought that was going to be a really exciting cool. one. Bit of a sour. And then Ash Johnson takes mark of the year, I think. <laughs> 11, uh, sorry, 7, 15, 57 to 13, 7, 85. <laughs> it was the Magpies by 28 and uh, another disappointing Blues performance. A step away from the microphone, I don't know why Jerry. I decided to go. I mean... Hell <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I was there. I'm there every week. <laughs> step away from the mic, Jerry. I don't have much to say anymore, to be honest, but there... Uh... 
I, I, I don't know. And I have to fly up to Sydney to watch this, the, this team play at the SCG on Friday, and I don't know why I'm doing that either. I wish they'd show a much, you know, effort as the fans do coming out. Did you know Anthony Kudafidis was being a man of the people yeah. and he was in the bloody cheer squad? Oh, yes. And then oh. they do an embarrassing performance like that in front of him. How do you feel in front of a club champion? Anyway, I'm not going to... I've had enough. Darcy Moore has tied the record for intercept marking, by the way. How many did uh, he take, Jake? Ten. Uh, oh. it, was originally it was 11. 11 yeah. It was originally 11, so therefore he broke the record, but champion data had to correct it and downgrade it to 10, so therefore record tying. <laughs> there we go. Uh, let's look at the stats quickly because I don't want to talk about this game for too long. Doherty, 34. Chera, 33. Walsh, 29. It's just numbers. It doesn't really, doesn't really mean anything. Um <laughs> Dacos, 27 disposals. I'm, I'll tell you what, as much as Nick Dacos is the centre of the universe and the, the centre point of the AFL itself, I think Josh performed better. Yeah, Jerry. Josh kicked a goal and also had the same amount of touches. And I think, yeah, he kind of ignited the pies um, in the second half. Yep. And that also led to that kind of Ash Johnson. Darth, uh, yeah, Ash Johnson, goal. I reckon that's a mark of the year contender. Yeah. Uh, not only that, I would say Darcy Moore just everything gave him every single opportunity in the book and Steel Sidebottom was just such a general. He's playing 300 very soon, yeah. Yep, he's 300 he's... next week. Yeah. And what do, you, how, what do you say Spenderbury makes it to 400 in the very near future? Um... You don't think that'll happen? Fair enough. <laughs> no, no, that's fair, fair enough. I just wanted to ask the question. Other than um, that, for Sam's sanity, GWS for St Kilda. Yes, uh, St Kilda by 12 points. Um, I think a good win from them. I d- to be honest, I didn't see much of it because uh, obviously the game was on at the same time. Uh, Max King, massive return for him. Four goals, one. Uh, Jack Higgins, three goals. Jesse Hogan, two goals, two. Gresham, two goals, two. Uh, I think the pendulum was swinging with this one, but uh, it was... Uh, St Kilda, 13, 14, 92 over 12, 8, 80. Toby Green back in for the uh, the Giants as well, which had a, a two goals, one for him, I think uh, 16 disposals. Um, so uh, it was always going to be tough to him back in the side. But, uh, yeah, I think decent win from St Kilda. And uh, we'll go through the ladder now. as we, That's the final game of the round. Collingwood on top, Brisbane in second, Port Adelaide in third, Melbourne in fourth, St Kilda fifth, Western Bulldogs sixth, uh, Geelong 7th, Adelaide 8th, Essendon 9th, Fremantle 10th, Carlton 11th, Sydney Swans 12th, Gold Coast 13th, uh, Richmond 14th, GWS 15th, Hawthorne 16th, North Melbourne 17th and West Coast Eagles finishing at the bottom. And that is round 10. When we come back, we'll be talking uh, the round ball game, Premier League, A-League finals, um, and then NBA, NHL, and then um, all of that. So that's all to come up on the Sports Desk on Sin on your Monday evening. Jungle, keep moving on Sin on your Monday evening on the Sports Desk. Sam has cheered up a bit, which is very good, because I'll tell you what, Jerry, Mm. he can cheer up a bit because still to come will be him celebrating Manchester City in just a few minutes, which is going to be really exciting. (laughs) He's already excited. But uh, I think Sam's got an important (laughs) message because we've got also some great celebratory news happening here at Sin Media. What have we got, Sam? Well, it is an important uh, couple of weeks and uh, important day today because Sin today kicked off the Radiothon campaign, uh, Pay for Your Sins. Um, 
because since it, it's 20th year now, um, and I think, uh, well, we all des- deserve some... <laughs> well, we celebrated our 20 years on air uh, at the start of the year, and uh, now here we are seeing if we can uh, ensure a future. Yeah, definitely. Uh, since such an uh, important thing, uh, I've been here for many years now, um, and even Jerry, you've been here for just, just this year, your first time. How have you felt, how's sin been for you, and uh, why do you think it's important? Yeah, I think it's real important. It's given me so many opportunities so far. I joined in September 2021, and they've allowed me to create like my own podcast series um, during year 12. Um, also be part of a SIN mentoring program last year. I know you were involved as well, Jason. Yep. And um, yeah, now presenting, covering sports. So yeah. SIN's amazing. mentoring program introduced me to a mentor that has now become quite a, a, a helpful figure to both myself and Sam actually too. So it is very beneficial. Yeah, so I, I think it's great that we've done this uh, campaign. I don't think there's been a Radiothon camp here for, for many years, but uh, um, between May 22nd today and June 11th, uh, we're asking you to pay for your sins and keep sin on the airwaves. Help us uh, to hit $50,000. Um, uh, head to syn.org.au forward slash donate to donate. Um, anything above $2 is tax, de- tax deductible and puts you in the running to win um, amazing prizes. Can you, this is uh, really exciting. So I'm definitely going to be p- putting some money in to win some of these incredible prizes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how could you miss out? Uh, clothing from Homie Streetwear, vouchers for the Vic, Mark- Vic Market Tattoos, uh, voucher for Heartland Records, uh, movie tickets at the Sun Theatre, which is very cool if you've never been oh, to the Sun Theatre. That's amazing. Um, issue, uh, sorry, I can't read it. Issues of the uh, I Literary Journal uh, Voice World, I think that is, Voice Works, sorry. Uh, starter pack for the Melbourne Electronic Sound Studio, uh, plus many more, um, all kindly donated by local uh, NAM businesses and organisations. Your donation will directly support media training and radio opportunities for young people and amplify the music culture and news that matters to young Australians. Keep sin on your airwaves and online always. Donate now at syn.org.au. So you'll be hearing this for the next couple of weeks uh, until that final day on June 11th and uh, hopefully we'll have hit the 50k target. I think it'll be massive. So we'll be definitely... Um, Looking into this for over the next couple of weeks and uh, keep you updated uh, with the with the tally, um, and uh, I think it's really important. Um, and uh, yeah, so syn.org.au slash donate, um, and uh, yeah, f- final thoughts on uh, and sin and uh, Jason. How long have you been here? I joined October twenty fifteen. Wow, that's yeah. a long time I did a ago. Show, I, I did some training for a show called The Awkward Stage. That used to be the training show. It's no longer actually the training show, funnily enough. And I got to interview Sam Pang the day after my birthday that year, which was did quite you say Sam Pang? Sam oh, Pang, yes. Carlton, uh, Carlton cheerleader. <laughs> and uh, I got to interview Andy Lee on my first ever seasonal, thanks to my co-host at the time, in June 2016. It was a good, fun time. Sin's a great place. Uh, please do help uh, support it to keep our shows on the air because shows like the Sports Desk are not possible without it. And uh, coming up on the Sports Desk again, Sam's going to get even more excited because he has Manchester City to celebrate and to look forward to. But, Jerry, you're excited about the NBA Conference Finals because things have been happening a bit. So, Sam, if you will, would you like to hit the thing? Yes. I'm 
interested, Jerry, by the way. Boston are now 3 0 down in the conference <laughs> finals. What's happening here? Yeah, I'm very happy because all the Celtic supporters, um, yeah, we're hyping it up. But they're in deep trouble. So, um, game four is on Wednesday, 10 30 a.m., back at um, Miami. So Miami lead 3-0, won the first two in Boston and have won the most recent one today, 128-102 to in Miami. So um, it wasn't Jimmy Butler the start today. So Gabe Vincent, um, one of the like bench players or role players, dropped 29 points. Butler only had 16, Adebayo with 13. Um, I think the main difference in that game was Celtics. The top scorer in their whole team was Jason Tatum, who... Not surprisingly, dropped the most, but he only had 14 points. Only 14? Only 14. By comparison to what he did to your 76ers yeah, just well, the week before. he dropped like 50, it was 53 in a half. Yeah, in a half. So, yeah, I'm not sure where the Celtics um, are headed, but I think it might be a sweep on Wednesday. So, interesting there. And then in the West, we got the Nuggets um, winning yesterday, so they lead 3-0 against the Lakers. Uh, lots of people have said LeBron James is a goat, but this could be another sweep. Um, could be the third time he's been swept in these uh, the finals or conference finals, so not good at all. Um, so they won yesterday, 119 to 108, with Jamal Murray again. He dropped 37 uh, a few days ago in the last quarter. He dropped 23 points, um, and the Nuggets were in trouble in game two towards the end, where. Um, Lakers dropped a lot of points. Uh, Jokic again with 24. Porter Jr. double-double with 14. Just It shows the difference between Boston and Nuggets right now because the whole team is contributing. Like Coldwell Pope, 17 again. That's triple figures for four players compared to Boston with you know just one or two players with double figures. Um, and then for the Lakers, I think LeBron and AD, there's just there's chemistry there, but I think the team's not the same compared to when they had Brondo a few years back when they won that 2020 chip in lockdown. So that's all for NBA. I think both will be 4-0 sweeps. My really? predictions have changed. Well, it has to have changed. Uh, Boston not coming back. Who's more likely to sweep? Um, the Nuggets are more likely to sweep because they've got um, just better players overall. Righto. That's NBA? That's NBA. Jerry. Uh, sorry. Jason. Uh, NHL. Funnily enough, Jerry, that was a loud horn this week. I'm liking it. <laughs> Funnily enough, Jerry, interestingly, the NHL's in a very similar position with this uh, Stanley Cup conference final currently going on right now. And uh, I said at the start of the show, this might be a good way to get, can't get the bite on the, uh, the intrigue of Sam Manhennett. So pay attention, Sam. When we last left you, <laughs> Seattle Kraken versus Dallas Stars were heading into game seven. Uh, well, it was the Dallas Stars that took out the win, and now they currently sit 2-0 down in the Western Conference Final to the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, game one ended in overtime 4-3 to with Will Carson scoring two and Aiden Hill, the replacement goaltender who uh, is filling in for their main guy. I've forgotten his name, sadly, but he, uh, he, did, his, he did his hip. In the, in the Oilers series. So it's actually quite good to see this young goalie uh, standing up and, and delivering some really incredible goaltending uh, for da, for the Golden Knights, and they, that took them up to 1-0. Game 2 happened yesterday, and that also ended in overtime. 3-2, Vegas lead 2-0. Game 3 is Wednesday. In the East, however, is the most exciting one thus far. Reason being, Sam, it is the Florida Panthers who, must, must we repeat, 
defeated the record-breaking Boston Bruins, broke the hearts of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and now won 3-2 against the Carolina Hurricanes in what is now the sixth longest game in NHL history, winning 3-2 in overtime across four overtime periods. Four overtime periods. To translate this, because Sam has just given me a funny little look, what happens in regular season in uh, in ice hockey, Sam, is you have your three periods of regulation, then five minutes of overtime, then go to a shootout. In the playoffs, it's a little bit different. What happens is you get your three periods of uh, regulation, and then twenty minutes of overtime, and it and they're gonna and it keeps recurring until a winning goal is scored. So you're telling me that was an extra hour yes. of overtime. So sixty minutes of regulation. Yeah. And then four 20-minute overtime periods to decide a winner. That's and the incredible. winning goal was scored by Matthew... That's 80 minutes. That's an entire another game. It's all, yeah, it's about two games plus. And oh, it was, my. And the winning goal was scored by Matthew Kachuk with 12.7 seconds left on the clock. The, the game could have ended earlier for Florida, who scored that winning goal to mm. go 1-0 up. Uh, however, there was goalie interference, which prevented Florida from winning... Uh, in overtime sooner as the goal was taken away due to goaltender interference. As a result of that, no team decided to do their pra- to do a practice session on their day off as a result of the ridiculous uh, <laughs> overtime uh, take. It, it, the game re- pretty much lasted over six hours. Oh, so that's it's half a day oh, session no. of cricket. And uh, so they took their day off to not practice, but they came back for game two in which Florida also won in overtime. <laughs> With Kachuk again scoring the final goal, however, it was only within about a minute and fifty. So Florida are currently in the lead two nil in the Stanley Cup Conference Finals, sitting comfortably because they went on the road to defeat Carolina. They now host the next two. It's getting quite exciting. And also shout out to goalie Bobrovsky. I've written on there, Jerry, and you could quote me here. Holy shiznits! Yeah, the PG because we're a PG show. Yeah. So do you think um the Panthers can sweep or? Like, Part of me wants them to because yeah. they've been a complete and utter surprise because they came into the playoffs as one of the wild cards and here they are, here they are just being bracket busters. Kind of like Miami, I feel like. Okay, they were ape seed leading in, so yeah, yeah. So it's a very pay, Sam. If you actually, if the, if I have sold you the idea of the excitement of NHL playoffs, that sounds amazing. Pay. Strict attention to the Eastern Conference final right now. It is really getting excited. I really hope Florida sweep it, actually. And I kind of hope they take it all the way. I still think my pick is going to be Vegas Golden Knights because they have been very solid. They mowed through the Jets and they took the and they shut down the Oilers with the best power play in the game. So they're a really solid team going right Isn't now. Is that Sam's team? Uh, that is his team Wait, that he was most excited yeah, about the name of. The Vegas week, Golden yeah. Knights. Oh, yeah. <laughs> The ones that I thought weren't actual like medieval knights, but just no. knights on the town. Yeah. Funnily enough, by the way, Jerry, I didn't mention this stat last week. It's their only their eighth season as a club, and I think, and it is their sixth right. uh, uh, conference final, or uh, sixth or fourth between fourth and sixth conference final. So they're doing very well for an expansion team. Also, funnily enough, the day after we talked about the pre uh, the preseason game in Australia between the Kings and the Coyotes, a deal has fallen through that has left the future of the Coyotes in doubt. Oh no, dear. I hope we're not. I hope we didn't jinx that, Sam. I don't know. No. Uh, when we come back, round ball game, Premier League was wrapped up overnight, um, and uh, A League finals to review as well. That's all coming up next on the Sports Desk on your Friday evening. Uh, sorry, Monday. Monday evening on Sin.
The Lars feeling. And, uh, I mean, I'm having a good feeling over the last... Well, yesterday was up and down. Um, but uh, Premier League, we're going to get straight into now. And it was wrapped up. So, because Forrest defeated Arsenal 1-0 over the weekend, it meant uh, that City lifted the trophy last night and Chelsea gave him the guard of honour. So we'll quickly go through... uh, Actually, no, I'm just going to play this first to start off with. To celebrate Manchester City, three titles in a row um, and uh, a a treble for Pep. Um, He's done three... Trophies in a row at a few different clubs now, so he's breaking his own records as well. But congratulations, Manchester City, on winning the title in 2023. So there, City won one nil against Chelsea in a bit of a weird game, resting a lot of players, uh, but they win a th- third title in a row. Um, Sorry, James. <laughs> it was only going to be one of us happy, so um, there you go. Jerry Lester, looking dire. Yeah, I'm certainly not waking up at 5am tomorrow to watch the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, a few other just standout ones. Leeds look like they're in trouble as well. West Ham 3-1 win over them. Um, and so, yeah, one more round to go. Fulham, Crystal Palace draw 2-2. And uh, Brentford over Tottenham 3-1. Liverpool and Aston Villa drew uh, Man United defeated Bournemouth. Uh, so, yeah, Bright- Brighton and Man Well, I mean, it's not worth mentioning now because they're dead rubber games. Uh, so it's just really the relegation battle. Um, and the three teams below currently, Leeds, Leicester and Southampton, 31, uh, just above them, Everton on 33 and Forest and 37. So, But it's probably going to be Leeds, Leicester and Southampton, I think. Yeah, well, exciting times, actually, because the EFL Championship, just quickly, you got the two playoff of a single playoff game between um, Coventry City and um, Luton Town. So Luton have never made the Premier League. And we're just talking before, Jason, their ground's got like their residential houses um, around it. So you, yeah. to get in, you have to actually go through. <laughs> you have to park in some really <laughs> narrow That's amazing. local streets. Yeah. Uh, and just quickly back home, the semifinals, uh, leg two of the A-League semifinals. Melbourne City defeated uh, Sydney FC 4-0 on Friday night. Um, absolute amazing performance. Uh, and Central Coast uh, won 2-0 against Adelaide United to win 4-1 aggregate. Uh, City won 5-1 aggregate. It means the grand final Saturday, the 3rd of June, Melbourne City versus Central Coast Mariners. Uh, so look forward to that. It's going to be massive. The next couple of weeks is going to be big on the sports desk. But that's uh, where we leave things. Thank you for listening. Make sure you keep up to date with the podcasts um, and uh, sure social to, media. And be sure to join us again this Friday for Preview Day. Yes, I won't be here, but I'll be on the phone from Sydney. You are going to be <laughs> incredibly going to, have to the try SCD. our best to get him on the line. It'll be interesting. Let's see if we can do it. The tech will hopefully be on our side then. Monday, Friday, 5 p.m. on Sin. Uh, We'll see you then. Thank you for listening.